you know, seeing the case like that reminds me of my own, my own granddaughter. I'm, I'm at the stage of life now where I'm always telling stories about my grandkids, you know. And uh, River, my eldest grandchild, is, is three years now, and she's just so interactive, got an amazing vocabulary. And, you know, she got one of these coloring books, you know, the kind of things that sort of have sort of just white paper with outlines of various donkeys and cats, and they get crayons and color them. And, and Fliss got her one of these, and, uh, uh, you know, she, she got some crayons out. She was dead excited about doing it. And then she opens it up, and she chooses the one that she wants, and she gets the crayon, and she goes, like that. And then she picks another one, you know, this one's a, a horse, and she goes, like that. Page after page with different color crayons, just doing like that. And part of me is going, <laughs> could we try doing it in between the lines? And, and, and maybe we could, you know, it's blue there. And I'm, part of me wants to do that. But part of me knows it's wonderful and it's spontaneous. And as I was thinking about that, I realized that actually so often we see the Christian life like a coloring book where we've got to keep within the lines and get the right colors. And if we do it really carefully for long enough, finally when we die, if we've done a good coloring book, then we get to heaven. It ain't like that, folks. God isn't interested in the scribbling. He's interested in the heart of the scribbler. You see, little River's face, when she presented with me, me with this, this coloring book full of scribbles, page after page, there was a big beam on her face. She needed me, and she got it from me. She needed me to say, that is wonderful, because she did it with love, she did it with passion, she did it with energy, she did it with life. And so often, we, when we begin to think about the Christian life, think it's all about doing the right thing. Wrong. It's about having the right heart. We're all scribblers, as far as God is concerned. And he loves our scribbles, because it's the heart behind it that makes it so significant. This is a significant Sunday, Easter 2011. The Christian story is, is long, and I'm not going to go through the whole thing now, but let's just use a little video clip, just two minutes, just to give us the story so far, and then I'll round up with one or two words, and we'll have the baptisms. Thank you, guys. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. 
Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabunai, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene, went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. Oh man, never fails, never fails to move me, the story. I've heard it hundreds if not thousands of times. Those of you who know the story will know that the last seven days of leading to this event will have just been so tumultuous, so full of high emotion. Just seven days ago, Jesus rode into Jerusalem. It was the Passover feast. It was rammed. It was like, you know, trying to get into the Olympic Stadium for the opening ceremony. The place was just crammed. But as Jesus came in, they celebrated and they, and people, you know, shouted and called and said, the Messiah has come, Hosanna, Hosanna, which means, you know, hallelujah and welcome and all this kind of stuff, a great big party atmosphere. Then it all seems to go pear-shaped, and it ends up with Jesus being rejected by the very people who were, were, were praising and welcoming him, rejected by the religious leaders of the day, re rejected by the priests, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and crucified Talk about high and low, crucified on Friday, and we had a meditation here on Friday, which was, which was, which was something. It was emotional. But that wasn't the end of the story. We as Christians, the world over, two billion people claim to be Christians worldwide now. You don't hear this kind of press. If you listen to Radio 4, and I listen to Radio 4 a lot, it's always the church is in decline, the church is in decline, the church is in decline. Not so. 
The tide turned long ago. Our culture and our society and our press are behind the curve. But Christians the world over believe that Jesus rose again from the dead. Today we celebrate that fact, and nothing's been the same since. Seven days of high emotion. But it wasn't, it wasn't careering from one catastrophe or high event to another. All this was planned by God the Father. Rejection, Good Friday, rejection. And even though Jesus cried out to his Father, he's fully God, but he's fully man, and the man in him cried out to his Father to be rescued. But Father God did not rescue Jesus. Father God did not rescue his one and only son, Jesus, because he was rescuing us. Rejection led on to resurrection today. This day we celebrate Jesus coming alive again. Think about it, folks. If he's alive, if he, had lived, if he rose from the dead, then he is alive now. And as the scriptures tell us, he is with God in heaven, waiting to return, and return he will. And the implications for us, the application, well, you dear people are going to be baptized in just a few moments now. You know something of what that means. Rejection, resurrection, regeneration. We hear that a lot, of, a lot these days, that word. Politically, we talk about regeneration. Regeneration, being made new, being born again, regenerated. Another beginning, a new beginning. Regeneration. And that's what Jesus is doing in the hearts, the minds, the lives of men and women the world over, making all things new. As we confess our sins, so he forgives our sins. As he forgives our sins, so he gives us his spirit, his new life. Suddenly we find that we're beginning to break through the old addictions, the old habits, the old desperation, the old insecurities. We begin to break free of those grave clothes and step blinking out into a new reality, a reality which is full of the kingdom and presence of God. We're here celebrating that fact today. We're here celebrating with these folk who are going to be baptized in a few moments. That regeneration, that process, that journey that they've begun. And I humbly put it to you, friends. If you're standing outside the shop with your nose pressed up against the window, peering in to see what's going on in there, I want to say, come on in. Don't be forever peering in through misted up windows. Come on in. And I'll take it one step forward. I'll say this, not just come on in, but welcome home. Welcome home. So thank you for sharing this day with us. Thank you for sharing in the joy of Easter, the joy of the baptisms, the joy of the kids' ministry. Thank you for celebrating and sharing in the joy of Jesus as Christians the worldwide over are doing. But may, and my prayer is this, may this be for each and every one of us a new beginning today. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.